Why is he all bloody? This question came to me as my family and I were at the El Paso Art Museum. We had discovered that admission is free, so we didn't feel the need to take a whole lot of time on each of the exhibits we were sprinting through. And the question came from behind me, from my son who was three, year old, three years old at the time. He was looking at a statue, a bust of Jesus, carved out of wood and painted. This statue of Jesus had the crown of thorns embedded in his skull atop his straight dark hair. His eyes were vacant and pained. He had no, little to no expression on his face, and every individual droplet of blood was painted onto that statue. And I don't know if it was intentional or if it just happened over the course of time, but maybe the painter painted it this way, or over time it caused the paint to corrode and erode. It looked like the body of Jesus was already decomposing. Why is he so bloody, my son said. I have to ask the same question myself. Why is Jesus bleeding? What is the proper response? What are we supposed to look at Jesus on the cross and feel? What are we supposed to conclude? What are we supposed to take away from this? Because lots of people, whether you are a Christian or not, agree that Jesus was a good guy. Some people, even if they don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, believe that Jesus was some sort of humanitarian, that he treated people well. They believe that if there's right and wrong, if there is a proper way to treat other people, Jesus did it right. Some people think that Jesus is just a good teacher, but even so, they agree that the things that he taught are positive, are good. Some people think Jesus is a political activist, that the political positions that he took are good, and we should take those positions in our lives and in our politics as well. No matter how we pigeonhole Jesus, even if you don't agree that he's the Son of God, pretty much everyone agrees he was a good guy. And therefore, everyone agrees that when you see a picture of Jesus, bloody and in pain, that he is not, that he's suffering unfairly. That he was a good guy, so he doesn't deserve this. The place where we differ, maybe, is on how Jesus' goodness reflects on us. Some people say that all that it will take to build a better society is if Christians and non-Christians alike love people the way Jesus loved people, accept people into their homes and into their lives, welcome people of all stripes, of all backgrounds into their embrace. Some people say that we should act like Jesus did when it came to sticking up for the truth, that we should be as bold as Jesus was, to stand up for what's right. And all of these things are positive things. It is a good thing. It is even God-pleasing to love and to serve and to welcome all people. It is God-pleasing to stand up for the truth and to call out sin where it is. You know, a lot of people make God out to be 
a ruthless, relentless rule maker. But even so, when they say these things about Jesus, that we should be like that, they are agreeing that God's law is good and that we should follow it. Because when you look at Jesus, you don't just see someone who made some good decisions here and there. You don't just see a good teacher or someone who did a couple things that we should emulate, that we should mimic. You see someone who every second of his life, from cradle to cross, did everything by the book, by the law of God, obeying God's law perfectly. If you look at anyone, any episode of Jesus' life, any second of Jesus' life, you are witnessing someone who is perfect, who is doing exactly what we should do if we are ever in that same situation. The problem is, are we really going to talk like it's even possible to be half the man Jesus was? Are we really going to pretend that we have ever come close to the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So when we see him suffering, what are we supposed to think? What are we supposed to do with a picture of Jesus like the one you saw as you walked into church with a crown of thorns on his head, suffering as his life ebbs out from him? Worldwide, in plenty of churches, there are statues of Jesus, and you look at them, and he's in pain, and he's suffering, and then you look beneath him, and you see an offering plate. Seeing Jesus suffer unjustly, unfairly, is supposed to motivate you to give more money. Or you watch those movies that depict what Jesus went through in gruesome, gory detail, and the takeaway is supposed to be something like, you better get your life in order, you better turn over a new leaf. But Paul gives us something so much better to take away from seeing even the brutalized image of Jesus on the cross. All who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. Nowhere do you see the depth of human depravity more clearly than in the very creative ways we historically have come up with to torture and kill each other. And these ways, these methods that have been devised throughout history are devised and invented to inflict as much pain as possible to the victim, but at the same time, to humiliate them. Burning a witch at the stake, not too long in our own nation's history. 
was a public spectacle. People showed up to watch a witch get burned. In the, in the Roman Colosseum, they would bring out a, a criminal or a Christian, and they would get mauled by a bear or by a lion. And people came out to watch this in the thousands. And to be crucified was a public thing. There were people who came out of their houses to watch this happen. And the takeaway always was, you wouldn't want to be that guy. You wouldn't want to do whatever it is he did to deserve this. But brothers and sisters, when you see Jesus, you see what you deserve. You see the punishment your sins have earned, what you should have gotten for not following God's law. If you have ever felt guilty about anything, you already know that you can't be whom God needs you to be. So when you see Jesus on the cross, you see what you deserve. But that's not all that you see. You see Christ, the innocent one, willingly giving up his life for you. You see the only one to have ever successfully done everything God requires, choosing the death of a sinner in your place. Why is he all bloody? It's because he loves you. Why is he all bloody? It's because he's going to pay the price for your sins. Why is he all bloody? Because he will stop at nothing to show you your forgiveness, to show you God's love for you. What wondrous love is this, that God would sacrifice his son for a sinner like me or like you. That's what you see at the cross. Christ taking on the curse that sin deserves onto himself so that you will never be cursed. You will never be humiliated in front of God for your sin. You will never be punished for the things that you have done. God will never exact vengeance from you for not being the person he needs you to be because Jesus paid it all. Nothing remains to be done. You are forgiven. And that's pretty tough to put into words a three-year-old can understand. That's tough enough for a 30-year-old brain to wrap its head around, right? But it's worth the time. It's worth the time we're taking tonight to walk with Jesus and to hear his voice from the cross. It's worth the time to meditate on what this means for you and your eternity. It's worth a lifetime of pondering and contemplation of the great, wondrous love of God that has forgiven all of your sins on the cross. Because as Paul says, the righteous live by faith. Faith is no more complicated than looking at Jesus on the cross, bleeding and dying, and saying, he did this for me. So if you wonder 
why is he so bloody? If someone asks you, why does Jesus always have to be depicted bleeding, dying, suffering? There's an easy answer. Two beautiful words that will change your life for me. Amen.